0: No, like, Martin, Annihilation. Annihilation.
1: Annihilation. 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 One minute at a time. In I am silver and exact. I have no preconceptions. Whatever I see, I swallow immediately. Just as it is. Unmisted by love or dislike. I am not cruel, only truthful. The eye of a little god, four-cornered. Most of the time I meditate on the opposite wall. It is pink, with speckles. I have looked at it so long. I think it is part of my heart, but it flickers. Faces and darkness separate us over and over. Now I am a lake. A woman bends over me, searching my reaches for what she really is. Then she turns to those liars, the candles or the moon. I see her back and reflect it faithfully. She rewards me with tears and an agitation of hands. I am important to her she comes and goes each morning it is her face that replaces the darkness in me she has drowned a young girl and in me an old woman rises toward her day after day like a terrible fish sylvia plath mirror
0: during the night jacob got up and took his two wives his two servant wives and his eleven sons Crossed the Jabbok River with them. After taking them to the other side, he sent over all his possessions. This left Jacob all alone in the camp. And a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip
1: wrenched it out let me go it's almost morning
0: i will not let go
1: unless you bless me
0: what is your name jacob Which means, face of God, for he said...
1: I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared.
0: The sun was rising as Jacob left Peniel, and he was limping because of the injury to his hip.
1: Lena and the humanoid have fallen to the ground. Lena on her left side, the humanoid on its right. As this minute begins, the door out of the lighthouse is framed between the two of them. They rise simultaneously, Lena onto her left elbow, the humanoid onto its right. Lena gets her right foot flat on the ground, the humanoid its left. They both pause with one leg under the other, still sitting, breathing. There is blood dripped down the left side of Lena's face. Second eight Angle on Lena, the humanoid behind her, the sunlight through the hole in the wall coming down between them. That blood is still dripping. Another line of blood comes down the center of Lena's forehead. Beats pass. David Carter explains on Indiana University Cinemas, A Place for Film, 19th March, 2018. Quote, it's one of those rare semiotic films where multiple readings have been applied by viewers and all of those readings are supported by what the film brings to the table. It's a story about dealing with the psychological and physiological trauma and stress of cancer within yourself or a loved one. It's about how our relationships with our loved ones change as we all change as people. However, as I sat there in the theater on my second viewing of the film, there was a theme and reading that rung out to me like my head was caught in a bell. Depression and how it causes you to self-destruct and how you can become something new amidst the rubble of who you once were. All of these women are all volunteers on this expedition, and as the movie unravels, we slowly learn why they would choose to go on a mission so dangerous. Cass has lost her daughter to cancer, and says that the event is like two bereavements, the loss of her daughter and the person she once was. Josie is suicidal, That's debatable. and cuts herself to feel anything other than the gaping nothing she feels on a regular basis. Anya is sober, which means she's an addict, which also means it's a daily struggle to keep her demons at bay. Dr. Ventress has terminal cancer herself, so a mission like this can only speed up the inevitable for her. Then there is Lena, who seemingly goes out of love and concern for Kane, but you realize she's really going for reasons tied to her own emotions about their relationship. How could she and the person she once loved change so much as to be unrecognizable to each other? That unresolved question and the grief she's had during his disappearance has manifested itself into a full-blown depression that has her going through the motions of life without gaining any new ground. She's stuck in the mud and forced to rot in place. As sophomoric as it feels to write it down on paper, The Shimmer reads like a manifestation of all these characters' depression the same way the planet in Solaris or the room in Stalker are manifestations of characters' innermost desires. A place that's so mesmerizing and oddly comfortable at times, but simultaneously toxic. This depiction was particularly relevant to me as someone who went through an intense bout with depression in 2015. It was during what I guess was my quarter-life crisis. During that time, I was unemployed, so whole days could pass and I wouldn't move from bed or communicate with another soul for literally any reason. The thing about that time I keep coming back to is how, in the moment, it felt so heavy, but also so alluring to let yourself fall apart. When you're that deep down, why not see if you can go deeper? You succumb to pull, and you can't tell how willingly you did so. Characters in the film meet fates that match up with the ruinous effects of depression. Cass is consumed against her will by it taking the form of a mutated bear that steals a piece of her mind in her most terrified and vulnerable state. Anya's mental state fractures and she crumbles under the weight of her paranoia. Josie chooses not to fight what the shimmer does to her, and chooses, in what is one of the most elegant visual cues for suicide I've ever seen, to simply slip away and become one with her surroundings. Dr. Ventress and Lena take similar paths with different outcomes. The path to come out on the other side of depression and make yourself into something new. Lena stands face to face with her double and holds a phosphorus grenade in both of their hands. When she pulls the pin you immediately realize that grenade is pointed at her double and it burns. She doesn't destroy herself. She destroys her toxic image and with that she destroys all the toxicity that has plagued Area X. The lighthouse and the crash site of the meteor go up in flames. All of the malignant growth burns to the ground and Lena is free to move on. She has chosen the path of cleansing instead of obliteration. It's the path that's the hardest to choose, and takes the longest to see the effects of. My bout with depression began in the spring of 2015 and it took about two years of inch-by-inch progress to sit here and be in a place that I can even contextualize in a way that would make sense to people. It only happened when I realized much of what I thought made up parts of my identity had become malignant and cancerous and were just making me sicker. I had to burn it away and turn that matter into a raw energy I could make something new with, while I myself, like Lena, was free to move on, a changed person. End quote. Lena leans over and pushes herself up. The humanoid mirrors this behind her. Camera rises with them, finding the beam of sunlight between them. Both Lena and the humanoid are unsteady on their feet, swaying slightly. Lena turns slightly to her right, the humanoid slightly to its left. Lena abruptly turns the rest of the way to face it. The humanoid turns, a moment behind. They stare at one another. Beat. Dr. Srinivas Pillai explains in Psychology Today, 19th May 2019, What is your sense of self? What does it matter? And what can you do about it to feel less depressed? In this post, I will focus on one of the theories that explain why people get depressed. This premise is called the self-discrepancy theory. According to psychology professor Edward Higgins, the self has three aspects, an actual, ideal, and ought self. An actual self is who you think you are and how you assess your characteristics, such as talent, intelligence, and looks. An ideal self is what you wish you would or could be, and an ought self is what you or others think you should be. Research indicates that when there is a mismatch between your actual and ideal selves, you are likely to get depressed. Say, for example, you think of yourself as smart, hardworking, and successful, but in real life, your work situation limits your progress and starts to slow you down. When your actual self becomes a lower-achieving version of your ideal self, depression will set in. So when you're depressed, you should address the actual ideal mismatch. End quote. Second 30. Reverse. Over the humanoid's left shoulder, on Lena. She eyes the humanoid, furrows her brow slightly. Reverse. Over Lena's right shoulder, on the humanoid. It mimics the rising of Lena's shoulders as if it is breathing, but it has no brow to furrow just yet. Beat. Beat. Gil explains on Insight Meditation Center, 1st October 2002. As an alternative to framing the spiritual life around the self, the Buddha suggests instead that we look at our experience through the framework of the Four Noble Truths, focusing honestly and directly on our suffering, the grasping that causes it, the peace or happiness that results from the release of grasping, and the way of living that supports a sense of well-being. The Buddha's teaching points us away from looking for the self, or trying to understand or improve the self, Instead it suggests that we pay attention to the fear, desire, ambition, and clinging that motivate the building of self-identity. Perhaps we feel that we are defective in some way, and that our meditation practice will help us make or find a better self. Can we instead find the particular suffering that is connected with wanting to improve the self? Liberation entails releasing our suffering, not avoiding it, seeking relief from it, or compensating for it. This doesn't necessarily mean that we dwell on our suffering either, or that suffering never ceases. Indeed, the third noble truth reminds us that there is a cessation to suffering. End quote. Second 38, angle from the side. The door framed between them again. Lena steps forward with her right leg, the humanoid with its left. Lena pauses. The humanoid pauses. Lena shifts her weight to her right foot, moves the left over, and turns so her back is to camera. The humanoid steps with its right foot past its left, echoing instead of mirroring, so they may remain face to face. Again, the humanoid is between Lena and the door, but Lena is no longer trying to run away. On her watch, the time is now a quarter past twelve. They were unconscious on the floor for a good twenty minutes at least. Lena steps to her right, the humanoid steps to its left, mirroring again. On the next step, the humanoid is ahead, stepping forward with its right foot, and now Lena echoes, stepping backward with her left. The sunlight is between them again, then the humanoid blocks it, and we cut, second 55, to angle over the right shoulder of the humanoid on Lena, her back now to Kane's burned body. She breathes hard, she shifts to her right, the humanoid to its left, and time runs out for this minute.
0: We spoke. What was it we said?
1: heartlessly watching, he waits by the window and wonders at the empty place inside. It was a dream. We lived inside a dream.